Welcome to the Talk and Shed podcast with your host, Adam Finnig, and co host, Cody Sisko, where we talk all things farm equipment. Tune in as we interview farmers, industry leaders, and talk about our own dealership story. Follow along as we talk about topics like cover crops, nutrient placement, and things that make your farm and every farm across the country different. You're listening to the Talk and Shed podcast, and thank you for tuning in. Cody Cisco, and I'm Woody, and you're tuned in to the Talking Shed. Today we're over here at uh, FDS, and uh, we've got Woody with us, of course. So, Woody, um, why don't we just jump in and talk a little bit about your background? You know, people call in um, needing fertilizer stuff here at Fertilizer Dealer Supply. Why, you know, wh- what's your background? So my background actually uh, from local area here from Sydney, Ohio. I graduated uh, from Sydney, went on, got my business degree at Edison Community College and wanted to get out into the uh, market. Worked for a family owned business. Uh, At the same time, we were in a grocery business. Grocery business can't uh, get three families going. So I needed to get out on my own Uh, Fertilizer Dealer Supply was looking for somebody to come in on the ground floor with some business experience and education and learn roles and work their way up. I actually started in the shop uh, 22 years ago here at FDS and shortly about six months in I got moved up to customer service and within six years I was the assistant manager and then when uh, the manager I was working for, Mike Manuel, that actually opened this location wanted to retire, I took over as manager. So then my ag background comes from uh, my mom's side of the family, uh, dairy operation, uh, three or four stanchion uh, dairy operation, all Holstein. Yep, the 150 acre grandma and grandpa farm. Yep. Uh, third generation. Uh, that lasted until 95 when my uh, grandfather had some health issues. My uncle, uh, was working in town at the county, and it was just best to start renting a farm. Still have family members that own the farm and live on it, but uh, family-wise, uh, farming-wise, we just own ground at the current time. Right, and uh, you know, for us, uh, of course, our ties with FDS is the fertilizer side. Of course, Absolutely. you know, we at Fenny Equipment we do uh, a lot of things: fertilizer, tanks, planter installs, but um, let's let's reach out and talk about fertilizer dealer supply themselves. Um, their home core, why Bachins, Ohio, and and where all, all are they located? So we started in Philo, Illinois. Uh, family-owned business still is today. Uh, John Grady started it out of the back of a van, seen a need for anhydrous ammonia hoses to be uh, for the co-ops and mm. custom app. And that grew into, once we had hoses, we needed other stuff. And then as that grew, uh, we found that there was a change going on over in Ohio of more liquid. Uh, They moved over here in 78. The two gentlemen, Paul Kane and and Mike Manuel, that come over here to open the business, had a lot of anhydrous ammonia experience and a little bit of liquid. 
and we grew that into what now is the 28 market. Going way back, we're talking uh, 30 years, we were pulling anhydrous uh, applicators, which had the small 500 tanks and bars out of the woods in Illinois, bringing them to Ohio and building the first 28 applicators. I see. So, and now everybody has a 28 applicator. Right. And has improved uh, greatly on what they were pulling out of the woods. <laughs> right. Uh, and that grew our liquid side. Uh, we're a Norwesco tank distributor, uh, a Banjo uh, plastic distributor for the state of Ohio, and our focus, which partners with fittings, our focus is parts and the equipment for those parts. Uh, we don't do a lot of installs. We don't do a lot of service side because we our main focus is having the part on the shelf when the customer needs it whether that's a grower or fittings or anybody else that's in the industry. Uh, and that's why we spent the uh, money and time to upgrade to a brand new facility in 2020. Mm-hmm. Right. More square footage to hold more inventory to supply more people. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it, it seems, you know, the market is, well, it's always shifting, but there have been times where you could kind of have several places to go for certain things, you know, whether it was pumps and, and what have you. But today, I feel like that's getting smaller and smaller, and you've got to cover more people probably. Absolutely. Yourself. Absolutely. We used to have what I would consider four big competitors in the state uh, that was set up similar to us. We're down to, uh, there's three still players in the industry, but there's probably two that's the main focus for the yeah. state of Ohio. And then there's a lot of companies like Finnings that's doing a niche market of planter service and strip till and and setting up planters that I don't have the manpower to keep things going out the back door to be doing. So it works great mm-hmm. to be a supplier for those type of, of customers. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we're we're kind of out on the farm. We do some of the installs, whereas you guys don't. Then we need the product. You provide the product, but Let's talk about the new facility. You know, it wasn't too long ago, um, there at the corner, you guys had the facility. And then, like you said, 2020, you moved over. What was the the method behind the madness to, for, for the, the new store? So, we had been outgrowing the old facility for quite some time. And it got to a place in the market where to be able to supply the amount of volume and the amount of parts, uh, we needed to double our warehouse space. At the same time, uh, we were pretty well landlocked down at our old facility. Our old facility was about 14,000 square foot. Our brand new facility here is 33. So we over uh, twice what we had. Our shop facility is about the same size. But anybody that knew what our old warehouse looked like and, and walks out into our, our hose warehouse now can understand how we can hold the volume that we need. Mm-hmm. We used to only be able to bring in about 35% of what we needed in a season to start. We currently, right now, uh, have the ability, if we can get the product, to hold almost 100% of what we need to start the season. Wow. Now. As time goes on and things grow, we're hoping that we're still busting at the seams and need more space, but we build it so that we can hold the need now with a little bit of extra room. Right. Yep. 
Yeah, and you know the the niche is huge in my opinion. You know, you've got the John Deere's of the world who provide the tractors and the 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 large cookie cutter style equipment. But then when a farmer gets that, he has to customize it to his own. You know, I've never sold a toolbar that's the two are the same. Everyone's wanting to customize, it. and that's where FDS comes in for us. Is oh, okay, you know, you want a, a three inch fill there. Well, we'll change that out and. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want a 500-gallon tank? Well, that's where um, I think FDS is filling that huge niche that a lot of other dealers can't fill. Yeah, especially in the liquid industry. The liquid side is more of a, I want to specify exactly what we need for our farm needs and build it to that. Mm. Where the anhydrous side is more cookie-cutter, everybody runs that same toolbar, and it's been done for so many years that that's how we're going to do it. So, yeah, a lot more time is spent in our Ohio and Michigan store helping customers customize their planner, their liquid systems, their storage facilities. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, we doubled, if not tripled, our sales uh, in that niche market. Mm-hmm. Now, who would you say, not specific names, but categories of your main customers is it you know large fertilizer applicators like uh not necessarily custom guys but co-ops or is it the farmer so that trend has changed and i'm sure finnings has seen the same thing it used to be when i started 20 years ago that yes it was more of the uh, co-ops the retailers that type of business and the farmers was a smaller portion of it now that has flipped. Yeah. We still have a great following and, and working relationships with a lot of the co-ops and, and custom app facilities in the state of Ohio. But the farmer, because of that need of wanting to specialize things, has found us and they have grown in our percentage. I would say we used to be probably 60-40 and we probably flipped that and maybe even stronger now, farmer versus uh, co-op and custom yeah. app. I'm seeing that as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and, you know, it's, we can talk all day about the product, but, you know, anyone can, not anyone, but you can build a warehouse and throw these products on the shelf, but you still won't get to where you're going because it's the knowledge. Absolutely. There is a lot of stuff that we're doing here that, um, it takes a lot of experience and Mm -hmm. a lot of knowledge. And for us, that's why FDS is a no-brainer. Being able to have someone in your back pocket that you can bounce ideas off of and say, hey, is this actually going to work or are we going to blow the top off this tank? And, <laughs> you know, so the knowledge for me, um, you know, and I think farmers are, are learning that too. They're, they're starting to get experienced with, you know, some of that stuff or they know where to go for the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. As this is evolving and things have changed over the year, the farmer went away from, uh, I'm going to go rent that piece of equipment, I'm going to use what they got to have to own some of that equipment that used to be just rental only. And now they got to understand how do we fix it or how do we uh, mold it to make it work for our application. Yeah. And when we see that, that's what's grown the 28 applicator business, the dry spreader business, the tandems, all those uh, pieces of whole good equipment that we got out front and that Phoenix has offers as well. That's why that's grown. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be the day where we sold a couple tandems to the co-op and we didn't hear from those farmers that needed a new pump and valves and couplers and, and tanks. So that change has definitely built uh, a stronger customer base in the farmer side for us, and I'm sure it has for Finnings as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cody, you're the greenest when it comes to liquid and all of this stuff that FDS does. Mm-hmm. What was the big biggest learning curve for you when it comes to fertilizer in general uh i think just understanding how it all works like knowing you know what a pwm does what you know what your three section control and your valves and all that stuff and i was able to dabble in i know i started last year early on but uh, i was able to dabble in that to some of that anhydrous stuff too and i kind of got wrapped around that a little bit as well and learning how to go through all the rate controllers and stuff like that. And it's a lot of information and it's hard to keep straight. And once you can kind of understand it and grasp it, you have a better way of getting through it. But it also, you need to take time to, you know, dig into it a little bit more because the problem's right there in front of your face. You just have to dig into it a little bit. But, right. you know, the, it's it's really easy to pick up the phone and make a phone call too. Right, the 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 quick and easy is to call someone who knows what they're doing right. i try to fight through it a little bit more and learn mm-hmm. it because if you if, if your fix is the phone which i try to not be right. it that way then you'll never learn it right and so mainly on the rate controller side i try to trip over it for quite some time mm-hmm. before um because the the answer is always simple mm-hmm. the pump's not bad the no. wire's still good and the controller's yeah. fine Mm-hmm. It's the settings and, and how it's hooked up and told to run. Exactly. Yep, exactly. It, it's never. Or who is in the seat last sometimes is all the yep. problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, Not an operator, but I've had a lot of grandkids and a lot of sons that's got in there a bunch of button or two. And then, oh, I didn't know that that changed. Right. Yeah. Let's get rolling. Yeah. Um, so, you know, of course, fighting what everyone's fighting with product. Um, what are things looking like for FDS as far as, are you sitting decent? So we we went out early uh, with the help of our uh, management crew out of Illinois. We focused on investing a lot of our time, effort, and money in inventory. Uh, this facility was the last improvement that we did, and they have been focusing currently on trying to get parts on the shelf early. We did a great job on plastic. Uh, the ones that we struggle on is the same struggle that everybody has across the industry. That's the steel parts and anything that's got a motor hooked to it. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing that FDS, Finnings, or even the suppliers can do anything about this. So that's the biggest struggle. And then guys always used to walking in the door and FDS having it or having something to fix them. And right now, we're limited on some options. And it frustrates our guys because our guys, are, their pride of a guy walking in the door, walking out happy or at least content mm-hmm. that we did something for him. Yeah, and got we, creative. Yeah, or... and we've had that struggle where we couldn't do anything on some mm-hmm. of the projects. So it's going to be a spring that we were talking about as a group that we're going to talk about from years from now because there's going to be guys that will call for some parts. We're going to be like, yeah, that was the year where we couldn't get anything. You bought one of those. Let me help you. Yes, it's a little different. Yeah. So we'll get through it. We got plenty of inventory and a lot of items. 
uh, there's just going to be those onesie twosie stuff that's going to be the thorn all season long. Right. So, and we're looking already 2023. Oh. Equipment's ordered. There's pumps. There's a lot of things already in the works for 2023. So we're we're having to do the same thing that the farmers had to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. We're just not used to it because we're used to our suppliers reacting faster. Right. And a lot of them are now six to nine months out. Yeah. And, you know, we ordered all of our fall tillage tools um, somewhere around 11 pieces about three weeks ago. And that that's, I mean, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. We usually at least wait and see what spring brings. Of course, we have tillage tools that we kind of need to sell to open up some lines of credit with Salford. To, so we've had to bump our line of credit up so that yep. we can, you know, yeah. it's the name of the game. But, you know, from your seat of the ballpark, what are the big real struggles? Like, why? Why can't they get it? Some of it's material when it comes to certain types. Uh, a lot of our steel components come out of Brazil and overseas on the hardened stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you see things that say like CI or hardened tip or that type of, of material on the knife side. So we got a couple big manufacturers that's struggling on material, which is limiting the availability of the common 28 knife. Mm-hmm. Everybody struggled last year to get them. We managed just barely through, uh, had ordered them then, and still are about a week to two weeks out of getting them for this year. Wow. I can tell you that that PO's in for 2023 already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's some of the struggle. And then the other struggle has been uh, two of our good manufacturers that we work with day in, day out, just keeping people at work. They got mm-hmm. hit hard the end of this year in this second wave of just the percentage of attendance mm-hmm. i had two that had 20 to 25 percent attendance in their manufacturing facility wow so you know when you're running as close as we are in the ag side of trying to get stuff out for spring that puts you back three or four weeks and right. put you back three or four weeks means it may not make it in time for plant season mm-hmm. so that, that's the two big struggles you've heard it on the news you know whether we want to Uh, believe what the news is telling us or not we're finally seeing it in the ag industry i think the reason we're seeing it later than everybody else is because companies like finnings and fds have done a great job in the past of preloading to make sure it's here for their customers right yeah now it's the struggle of i did my job and tried to preload but it's still not here right Yeah. yeah you know what um there's a bunch of reasons why everyone says it is you know and I think some of the companies that didn't pre, like the manufacturers that didn't yeah. preload, didn't pre-order, of course they're hurting. So they're overworking their manufacturing facility, which means they're probably losing some employees. But then, you know, the question has to be asked, why are we seeing such a, you know, if we sold four pumps last year, why are we selling 15? And what I'm seeing is that, and I've had a lot lately, just last week, I had a guy call me and said, I ordered a brand new toolbar, and I'm not going to get it this year. What do you have? I need something. Yeah. So I think the people that prepared, they prepared to sell six, but they also have to sell four for the other guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So with us having seven locations across the Corn Belt, we seen that, and what we seen in the fall I had enough knives here for the fall for our normal small 
cookie area in Ohio that does fall apply. We were shipping them just like you guys were everywhere across the U.S. Mm-hmm. And we ran out. And mm-hmm. we ran out of times and other items. And then it's that, well, if we ran out and we're not getting it back in yet, everybody gets into that same boat. And it's just, it's like dominoes. It just keeps multiplying and, and falling mm-hmm. over. You're right. We looked at a lot of our pump sales and a lot of our sales going forward, and we are 100% or better than that from where we were last year. And that, you know, our year runs through the end of June. So if we're sitting in March, already sold what we sold last year, and that's what we usually bring in 100%. Right. That gains the struggle. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're struggling with. We can keep up, you know, with. you know, 30% more product than what we sold last year. But it seems we've got to do 30% of what we did and our three closest competitors did, right. yeah. you know, because they may or may not be progressive on ordering. For example, the Salford tools, we ordered pretty much one of every kind of size and, mm-hmm. and model, but we've already sold a couple of them. And then to reorder them, they're telling you, you well, know, October. And you guys have been building some uh, newer facets for tanks and fittings and, and hardware that is finally hitting the market and guys are like i want those mm-hmm. and it makes it hard because yeah we built you know two or three thinking that it may go and those two or three lasted a couple weeks right and then it's the well the welding shop's going to be building for a while yep i mm-hmm. guess the only saving grace that we've had uh is our plastic tank manufacturer here in ohio that we both use in our wesco has still today if we order now getting to that window where we can't but six weeks versus our competitors that we can buy from uh, out west that are almost 40 weeks mm-hmm. on one that's insane yeah and that pushes that same problem we're selling tanks to guys that would have called our competition and bought their brand, but they can't get it. So right. now they're back calling fittings and FDS yeah. for what they can get. Yeah. So we've seen a big increase there. You know, we've seen increases before when uh, the market changes in our state. Uh, we've had a few people go out. We've had a few people struggle with having things. And, and we've been lucky enough to have corporate behind us to buy inventory and make sure we got it to take advantage of that. And I think you guys have done a great job too of, of seeing that and investing in inventory versus uh, the next right widget or gadget that we may or may not sell. Right. right. Yeah. The, you know, we, we talk about it all the time, but we've never, knock on wood, regretted having something in inventory. Yeah. It's in this market, mm-hmm. you know, when it's common stuff. Yeah. A lot of our stuff is repeat purchase. So when it's repeat purchase, you're down to whether you have the capital to do it or not. Right. It's, it's not It's not going to be excessive or, or obsolete inventory. I mean, the only thing in our industry that we have to worry about as a group is anhydrous hose dating and the dated stuff in the anhydrous world. Right. Other than that, the electronics, but most of the electronics that we both sell, it's an update hooked to your laptop that right. puts it back to date yeah uh, you know that technology has went away because those uh computer screens are coming oem installed versus mm-hmm. sitting on the shelf and is it up to date is it not up to date right so that that's that's the good part about our business is that those things don't spoil we're not in the produce business where we got to worry about whether the 
Right. Bananas or apples went bad before we got it to market. Right, right. Yeah, them banjo fittings won't rot on the shelf. They will mm-hmm. not, no. no. Um, so, for us, we've seen huge trends and shifts, of course, in fertilizer application in the last 12 months, mainly due to input shifting and, and yep. due to prices and guys maybe not being able to get one or the other. Um, what have you seen on that front? For us, it has completely changed the game, we were just seeing constant change from anhydrous to liquid pretty steadily. Um, dry fertilizer was kind of, it was kind of out there, but we're seeing guys that were liquid going to dry and anhydrous going to dry or dry to liquid. How's yeah. that changed you guys with your spreaders or applicators? What ha- what weren't you foreseeing that you saw? Uh, probably the biggest swing that we've seen, and it happened uh, right after 28 took its first jump. Everybody, anhydrous ammonia 28 usually go hand in hand. And for a while, those were way out of line. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen a lot of guys quoting anhydrous toolbars or coming in wanting to pull that three-point bar or that pull type that may have set out back because they've been running 28 or dry and come in and work on it because they pre-bought some anhydrous this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then we've seen that those two got in line again. Well, they got in line and then dry was the advantage for a while. Yeah. So we watched the same trends that we both seen. It seemed like when one would edge the other one, that market would open up. Uh, it opened up enough in all three of those that if you look out in front of my store, you would think we're going out of business because there's only two pieces of equipment out front because we had that great of a fall right. because of the, the uh, business. Right. The biggest thing that we did was we went out for fall of 2022 uh, and spring of 2023 and went all three directions. Yeah. And we got all three coming. We got yeah. 28 coming, we got anhydrous coming, we got dry. Because who knows, with corn over $7 and beans where it is, what the needs are going to be mm-hmm. by the end of the year. And it's all going to come down to what we can market it at and what our input costs are going to be when we get to that time in September and start looking at 2023. Right. right. We're the same way. We're out of dry spreaders. We're pretty well out of liquid applicators. And of course, a lot of it has to do with how, you know, what manufacturers can get stuff to you. Absolutely. Um, but today, I don't think I have any 60 foot liquids. I might have one 40 footer new. Um, dries we're out of mm-hmm. for now. We should be getting some more in. But yeah, it's uh, the, the shift, you know. We talked about it with uh, Greg Souter. He talked about how the shift, unfortunately, you know, he would like to have seen it for a different reason, but the high input prices has helped our business. Yes. You yeah. know, guys are wanting to, to more accurately place it. They want to replace that hose because they don't want it dripping. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of those things, um, you know, we've seen it too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had guys that just – They'll call you up and say, hey, I just got a killer deal on some anhydrous. I need a bar tomorrow. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, well, hang on. Well, let me check to see if I got all this stuff. And it just goes from there. I mean, I, well, I bet we did that with we did that with a bunch of things this year. Well, I mean, for us in the fall, it was out west. Yeah. The guys yeah. that could, could lay it down pre-planned, mm-hmm. they, they were talking about how much money they were saving, and we were just shipping bars to Kansas and Nebraska. Yep. I think Left we sent right. four or five of them out there. They'd call on Monday and want to ship Friday. Yeah. But our last bar here, which we had pre-assembled, ready to go field ready, we had three people the same day 
And all three said yes within a matter of three hours, and the first guy got it. Yeah. And that, we've never had that. Right. I joke that we should have an auction out front. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's not what we do, but it, it got to that point this fall that it's like, yeah. wow, I yeah. wish I had five more or six mm-hmm. more. But, yeah. Yeah. How, how does that, um, you know, not only the, the high prices and, and now it's starting to be, am I even going to get the liquid or, or mm-hmm. the, the fertilizer? Um, I mean, are you seeing or do you foresee a huge jump in on-farm storage just to be able to have a bird in the hand instead of two in the bush? Yes. You, and, but that's been going on not just now. We've mm-hmm. seen that trend over the last two to three years. Yeah. Uh, not that guys foresee this coming, but they already were knowledgeable to know that if they bought their inputs in August, sometimes late July and had that cash flow crop from leftover for money flow to do it, they were saving money and was paying for that type of equipment in a short term. Mm-hmm. Right. We had some guys this year that paid for some tanks in one year. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, We're not gonna see that going forward because with the nickel uh, problem that we're having right now in stainless, it's going to level that playing field mm-hmm. out. But at the same time, these guys, yes, are going to be just like they did when the co-op started selling their equipment and buying their own 28 rigs. You're going to see these guys say, hey, I'm still going to have a relationship with where I'm buying it, but I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it on the farm, and it's going to be there in August or September before I even take the combine to go harvest mm-hmm. for that year. Right. It's good business for them. Farmers have had to become great business managers. Yeah. Uh, and the successful ones have become great. And part of that is just like our business, we're focusing on bringing it early. They're going to do the same thing mm-hmm. to make sure they have what they need to go to the field. First year that they don't, like this year, is going to spur that uh, interest a lot faster than what we've seen. But the nice part is plastic tanks are going to be readily available the way it looks going forward. Norwesco's positioned themselves very well about being getting material, uh, and the price is pretty stable compared to steel and stainless. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of people looking for some containment projects, which is one thing that FDS probably does that Phoenix doesn't do. Uh, and we're going to see a lot of people that want to put on farm storage, and mm-hmm. they're going to want on farm storage everything that's legally allowed to be right. on farm storage. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, what's kind of spurred that question? Well, of course, we've seen it, but just last night I had a guy call looking for some tanks, and uh, he just said, you know, I all my life I've just kind of bought it. They've got it to me in time. But he said, I, I just want to sleep better at night. Yep. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to spend some serious money to, uh, to gear himself up to be prepared, and I he's going to be a better farmer for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once he's got it in on the property, whichever way he wants to go about, and we can talk multiple ways of him getting exactly what he needs uh, at the best economical uh, path. But once he's got it, he will sit back just like we did on this building and say, why didn't I do that sooner? Right. Yeah. Right. It's the best investment we've made so far. Yeah. I've yet to have a farmer come in and tell me that buying poly tanks and putting them on farm was a bad management. Decision. Right. Yeah. It's just it's there. Pull out of it when you want. You can 
you yeah. can look at it every day and know it's there. In our bigger co-ops and custom app guys that are out peddling this material, they're becoming more bigger and bigger in single locations that they like it as well. And mm-hmm. not that they're forcing customers to it, but there's advantages. There's advantages to take the whole truck. And they right. want they want to bring it out one time a season instead right. of bringing it out two or three shuttles at a time. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that trend's definitely definitely a big change, and I think that's why when you drive across the landscape of Ohio, you know, back when we were younger, it was the, oh my gosh, all these silver bullets going up grain bins. Now you see all these tool sheds going up, and everybody said, oh, we got bigger equipment. I'm going to guarantee you most of the tool sheds are going up to hold seed, hold chemical, spray, everything yeah. in-house so that they're ready to go. Right. You open most of these doors, yeah, there's equipment in there, but you're going to find a corner full of yep. product ready right. to go. Yeah. Yeah. Probably 25% storage and 75%, you know, uh, chemical and seed. Yeah. And then, yeah. and it's earlier. You right. know, it used to be you didn't see that till a month before. It's time right. to go to the field. Now you're seeing guys having that in November, sometimes even before they're done harvesting, they're getting the stuff for the next year to make sure it's there. Right. Good management. Yeah. It's bad because we got to learn different cash flow. Yeah. You know, it used to be the old style of cash flow that happened even five years ago is completely different than what it Definitely. is today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, here at the, the new location, you know, it's kind of set up um, kind of uh, kind of almost like a grocery store. You can grab a cart, you can walk through and, and kind of pick your stuff. Uh, it's a lot different from the other place. It was set up that way as well. But, you know, you've got the online deal. You've got your catalog. Mm-hmm. How are you seeing purchasing from the farmer changing? You know, is the, the internet, you know. the It's generational on the farm. The younger farm uh, son, maybe it's a grandson that's in getting started uh, very dominant on web order, uh, probably a little more on emailing. My core customers, uh, probably mostly email. Um, I probably input of my percentage, probably 7% of my orders that I actually put in in a day is email. But are still here, uh, if we weren't sitting here in a conference room uh, away from the phones, we're still a very dominant phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The farmer base likes to call, talk to you, and wants your opinion, wants your help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're calling because they know they're going to at least get an answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we see that too. Yeah. A bunch. Where I have a lot of co-ops and custom app guys that know exactly what they want. And they may be in the rig till 6, 7 o'clock, and they love to email me. And they know, I don't care if I get an email all night. I know how to turn my phone on. Do not disturb. And mm-hmm. in the morning, we just pick up where we left off when we left and mm-hmm. carry on. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest trend is you're going to see a, a mixing pot of that because of the age on the farm. Right. Uh, we, as I know Adam's a lot younger than I am, but <laughs> at my younger days, we've barely seen any of that. And that's grown a lot. I think since you've come on, you're seeing even more of it. And I think by the time we're our uh, dad's age, 
we're going to be looking at the next one going, well, we used to be 80% here and that moved to this and now we're doing this. Uh, so it's great that the, the customers have more than just a phone. Right. Because there's a lot of times that I worry about the amount of phone lines I have coming in if I'm still missing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's right. gotten better because they have more facets to get to us, which is great. So, I mean, we even still get the occasional fax order. Yeah. And, you know, 15 years ago, we got a ton of fax orders. Yeah. We'd get a ton of fax and a ton of calls, and email didn't exist, of course, when I first started. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For us, I, you know, I like flipping through the catalog, kind of find what I need. I'll email you, but nothing beats coming over here. No. It, but it, it, because it, you get the Walmart deal, it's like, I didn't really know I needed that, but uh, looky, there it is. I'm going to grab it. Yeah. Like our, kids our, in candy stores. Exactly. Like, we always joke with the guys that come in, especially they bring their spouse. It's like, oh, well, this is kind of like when you sit at Kohl's and wait on your wife. Mm-hmm. That's right. This You're going to be here a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You need a lounge out front with magazines for the women to sit there. And... Hmm, that's, that's, that's a different idea. Yeah. There you go. But, yeah, I mean, it's walking up down there. It's like, what do I need? What do I need? And then you realize, oh, shoot, yeah, I needed some of those, but I forgot about it. Well, that was the focus when we went to the bigger showroom as well. You know, a lot of this stuff that you see up front as you come into the new building was there at the old building, but it was in such a small volume because we couldn't hold it up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we did the design of this building, we took in, in consideration of trying to hold at least 90% of what we sell that product. Now, there's a few lines that we can't, right. uh, and then we organized it so that our overstock was right above it, and then the yeah. extreme overstock is somewhere else. Well, our farmers and our, our, our customer bases come in and learn pretty quickly where things are and mm-hmm. everything's there. Uh, and it's cut down a lot of time because we'd have a lot of time in the old building. They'd come up and say, well, there's only 10 in the bin. You got any more? Yeah, let me go dig it out of out of the warehouse. So yeah. it's made us a lot more efficient in the new building. Uh, the layout has been, again, just like I said on storage, I'm sitting back uh, 13 months later going, why didn't we do this sooner? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah, initially biting the bullet looks really hard, but once it's one of the things you do and you're like, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. There's no way you can do it without it. Um, so, you know, FDS, in my opinion, has, has become the leader, not only with their knowledge, but you can bank on them having it. They've got the new facility in Ohio. I've never been to any of the other locations, but what does... What's the future for FDS? What's their goal? Where are they, where are they headed? So uh, the biggest thing with FDS in the future, uh, as we get closer and closer to the next generation of the Grady family, uh, getting closer and closer to uh, wanting to step away, is there's still things in place to keep it going. Uh, you know, uh, a successful company in the ag industry is always the first one that people go looking trying to to get in the door to buy, and the Grady family has done a great job of, of wanting to keep it as a family-owned business and, and, and the future of it. So that looks promising. Uh, they've done a great job over the last 10, 15 years investing in the facilities. 
So Ohio was the last new facility. Uh, before that, we have a, a newer facility in Indiana, and we have a newer facility in Wisconsin. Uh, Philo being the home office has done a lot of new buildings and a lot of new remodels. Uh, so it's not the old location like ours. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody has had some type of improvement in the last 10 years, whether it be a new shop, more warehouse, redo the front, and uh, reinvestment from uh, corporate side and management side has been where they have focused because they want to be the leader in the, they want to be the parks guy for the ag industry. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. My opinion, I'd say they're well on their way, you know, as, as John Deere mergers continue, as red mergers continue, and in my opinion, um, FDS and, and Fenny equipment are kind of on that level of the niche world. You yep. know, we're, we're not necessarily the, the corporate sure FDS has multi-stores and I guess we have two now as well, but mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're still at ground level yep. in my opinion. Our noses are on the ground. We, we frequently conversate with the farmers. We learn from the farmers, and that's who we deal with. And as the upper side, being the tractor, the combine guys, as they get larger and larger, they're going to grow further and further away from what we do every day. Yes. And the disconnect, you know, I hear it a lot from farmers say, well, I called my local dealer, and he didn't even know what a red ball was. Mm -hmm. You know, his kid was kicking one around last night, but that's about it. And, and that distance becomes greater. Mm -hmm. And I think the need for FDS and what we do every day grows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, for us, the consolidation of large dealerships, unfortunately for the farmer, you know, being that, that they grew up doing business with them, it has helped our business. And I think it will continue to do so. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see it too on the uh, co-op and commercial app side, those retailers, as they grow, they're not that they're going to lose relationships but it just gets harder and harder when they consolidate into one big facility where it might have been two or three smaller facilities uh, covering a uh, large area you know mm -hmm. these farmers now are driving 10 15 minutes 20 minutes to get their product where it used to be right down the road mm -hmm. right so that struggle there has helped our business as well because i'll be real honest we used to send a lot of product to uh, retailers that their farmer walked in and said, I don't know where to get it. Well, they've figured out pretty quickly to come looking for that niche right? for the service side and, and the inventory side. Yeah, you know, on on planters, you know, I had a farmer last year bought a brand new Kinsey. It came from the factory with pumps, banjo valves, mm -hmm. and, and everything on it. And, you know, they've done that with the row cleaner and the fertilizer side. You can order a planter today, and it doesn't have to touch an aftermarket guy like ourselves mm -hmm. for closing wheels. And they're starting to do it a little bit with uh, liquid, but I don't think they can ever really fully get there because everyone wants that thing just tweaked. It's, and it's because of the different product sets out there. Mm -hmm. If we were all running uh, whatever product you want to talk about, and it was all the same gallons per minute, and it was all the same application, they could do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like we talked this morning on some needs we need to work together on, we got one customer who wants to do three applications on a planner. Yeah. That's not going to come down the production line. No, no, no. And 
Well, we just went and looked at a planner. Is it's a white, brand new, off the truck on Tuesday, and it, it came with a 750 center tank. But he wants to add some additional storage on the wings. Mm -hmm. Of course, not available from the factory. Right. So we went and measured it up. We're gonna weld and powder coat the brackets, and he's gonna throw a ground drive pump on there. You know, brand new planner. I don't blame him one bit. You know, it'll be super simple, and and he can roll. So you know, there's plenty of guys that would have paid a lot of money for you know hydraulic pumps and valves and which that's fine too but what i'm getting at is you'll never find two the same no, mm -hmm. no that's why a lot of people have come into us and said you've got a uh wilger kit you got a planter kit or a cds kit i got a 16 row and i'm like no but we'll walk you through it we got everybody here can walk you through the setup we're going to ask you a lot of questions so mm -hmm. there's probably some that you may not know the answer to and as we walk through those question and answers, we figure out what they need and you go pull it out of parts. You know, there's other competitors out there that we go against and so do you that give you a cookie cutter box, but you end up with so much extra that you paid for that you didn't need. Right. Right. So that they can service yeah. the, the differences of how guys want to set it up. So that's probably the biggest thing that we've seen. You know, we started way back putting uh, Wilger kits on with customers helping them and you know they come and go different competitors but nobody wants to specialize it to that specific person and when you come to a, a fitting and fds that's what they're getting and that's why they keep coming back right yeah because they they can come in they look and they see all of this variety yeah. and once they see that okay well then i can do basically whatever i want if i want to change it i know where to go right yeah and yeah we're able to sniff out really what they need yeah. instead of just kind of pushing them a box and say, this will this will get you going. Right. You're right. Do I get the same indicator out? Yeah. But do I get the same tops, bottoms, plumbing? No. Yeah. No. Mm -mm. Um, what, uh, what's one product that's just really caught you off guard that you thought you were good on that just people just bought you out of and you never thought it would happen in the last 12 months? Three-inch cast iron pumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, three, I could three inch, that. three inch cast iron. Everyone pumps. could, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, and we have done the best that we could do with three different vendors and have them. If I do get three inch cast iron pumps, we will have enough for two years. <laughs> yeah. that, that is how far we have stuck our neck out to make sure if we can get anything coming, yeah, and get our name on it, we're in line to get it. Uh, and that doesn't matter it started that it was honda only but now it's briggs honda kohler uh are all struggling because when one falls the next one the domino falls on them pretty yep. quickly and now it is it's down to availability on three inch cast iron pumps again i'm hoping to have an option or two coming in the next couple weeks but sitting on the shelf i've never went into march without a three inch pump on the front yeah and there's not one up there yeah. Now there's a poly up there. Yeah. With a, a aftermarket Honda or aftermarket lookalike Honda motor on it, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, never went into season in my 22 years with that. Now yeah. looking at sales, we're back to what you talked about earlier. We've already sold more than we sold last year in three-inch cast iron pumps. Mm -hmm. But boy, I would have loved to have about three more pallets to share mm -hmm. with you. <laughs> and, and anything that has to do with efficiency. If a guy can cut his fill rate in half, he's going to do it. Yeah. That's where they're spending the money. You know, 
getting wider, faster planters, getting bigger pumps to pump faster, everything. They're wanting to cut it down. Yep. And, and those types of products, um, boy, that, you know, where everyone's learning, those are what we need to throw on the shelf. Yeah. Inductors, up until this week. If you would have come in last week, there wasn't an inductor up there. Yeah. I, I couldn't really? get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, inductor kits. Yeah. Now, you know, we've gotten uh, three or four different vendors that's got us some in, back in finally, but that's probably the other thing that caught us off guard. You know, we had tanks, we had stands, but we didn't have any kits on, to go underneath them to make our own. That yeah, we the make Venturi's, up. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then two of our vendors, we've got them now within the last week, which is going to be in time for season, thank goodness, but... Man, we went through a ton of those. Mm-hmm. A lot more than we ever have. And yeah. when we were sitting back there in December, I'm looking up there going, Why do we have so many inductors? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I go back in the warehouse going, uh, we Why don't those. we have them? Yeah, yet? why didn't we need more of those? <laughs> <laughs> where did they go? Yeah. Hose reels was the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah three inch yeah. hose reels. Now, hose reels wasn't manufacturing, was not manufacturing. It was a component issue there. So it gets back to those shortages. Yeah. It's the control boxes. Mm-hmm. They're still struggling. Yeah. You know, in season, you know, you're managing, how, how many employees are here? There's eight. Eight employees. Mm-hmm. So you've got the eight employees here, and I've been here at times where, you know, there's dang near a line going out the door. The automatic door just doesn't stop because yep. there's people standing in front of it all the time. And then, you know, you're trying to manage product, order it all in. So, you know, of course, you've got pull your hair out days here, but what are some of the bigger struggles in season is it managing the people or the inventory or or what what keeps you awake at night in season uh it's it's probably the balance between a customer walking in the door and the phone ringing because to be real honest uh the phone guy doesn't know that there might be 10 people standing in the showroom right it's not like a tsc where if the phone rings, they could care less whether they pick it up. Right. <laughs> so many people that, depending on us, to pick up the phone, to place their order, to get the knowledge they need. Right. Uh, and the farmers do a great job of understanding it, but it's a different world because we'll have to interrupt waiting on a customer, which is, if you go to any business class is not what you're taught to do right. to answer the phone. So mm-hmm. that's probably our biggest struggle in season is to be able to politely tell a customer Give me just a second. I need to place this guy on hold or at least acknowledge that we are here and we're mm-hmm. going to take care You're of open. him. Correct. Uh, because, yeah, would I love to have 20 employees for about three months? Sure, but... Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Now, what am I going to do with them when everybody's waiting on the corner grill? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I would say that we match the same hurdle. You yeah. know, there's... You know, I had great intentions of leaving. No, he was going to pick me up at my house this morning, but then a customer called late, late last night. He was going to pick a product up this morning. And then I get out there, and there's a semi uh, truck there with four tanks that need unloaded. And, you know, it's like, man, that turned into a zoo real quick. So if it's not one thing, it's another. And boom, we just boom, jumped boom, in the boom, truck boom. and said, good luck, guys. We got to go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the group that I have here has got a lot of different background coming to them, and, and we've had a great run at having uh, the same face in front of people for quite a few years. I mean, my sales desk, one's got over 25, well, actually 35 years, I believe, or maybe even more. Uh, and then his uh, son's sales has been here, uh, I think he's pushing 15. 
mm-hmm. couple of my insight guys are eight uh, working on a little bit more shop guys been over 10 so those same common faces too help wow yeah. and you guys uh, got some common faces that I think that helps as well yeah so but struggle wise is that balance of phone to walk in managing the way yeah. yeah and then the time because believe it or not we still ship 60 to 80 packages a day and 2 to 12 truck freights a day and all that has to be done before the 4 405 bell yeah uh and you may have 10 guys still standing here and you may look up there and go i took that order three hours ago and we still aren't to that one yet yeah those keep me up at night yeah. those also keep me here past locking the doors to make right. sure the next day we're going to get back at least a square Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure the UPS guy doesn't like coming here very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he don't well, mind it because security, yeah, we load him security. and he's pulled to the back door. Yeah. So then, yeah, a few more drops and he's going home from yeah. us. So, yeah. 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 Moving forward, um, you know, for for us, we we see the same pain points, um, but FDS as a whole, you know, obviously you said they're they're ordering sooner, but you know, are, is there anything moving forward product-wise that you see could be a, other than, you know, the obvious ones? But do you see this thing getting better anytime soon? We've seen a window in the plastic side that looks to be gaining steam to maybe get better by fall. Uh, the steel... Stainless, I think it's going to be volatile through the end of the year. I think the speculation that you hear on the news is probably pretty close. Uh, now, that being said, all it takes is a hurricane in the Gulf Shore, and plastic will be back the same boat as everywhere else. Right. Yeah. Uh, we've partnered with, so it used to be one dominant vendor for plastic, and we got two U.S. Uh, Indiana facilities now running plastic, so that's helped. Yeah. a great deal and they're both running the same quality mm-hmm. uh and if i laid them out you wouldn't be able to tell the difference so that helps yeah. in quality because it used to be if you if that one manufacturer was behind you were really behind mm-hmm. so i think that windows looks a lot better um i think at some point i don't know that honda is going to get better by the end of the year but I think the other manufacturers will get to a point where they can catch up and at least put stuff on our shelf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's also why we've gotten the orders in to get the production time with our name on it. Right. Uh, I had a, an old uh, farmer come in, shared with me that he said, if you don't work for three months, for every month, it's a year. Yeah. And I'll be really interesting to see in 2023 if things start shaping up, whether he was right or not. Yeah. I focus on what a lot of the older guys come in and tell me, and a lot of times they come to fruition. Yeah. I had a lot of guys tell me when corn went $7 last time, ride the wave, kid, you're going to love it, but you're going to hate it. Yeah. You're right, because the valley was a whole lot deeper than the peak was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In business. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. Who knows how long right. this run's going to last and that that's the trick when you go placing those orders yeah 12 months out yep. hoping that that we even have a corn crop yeah. you know and let alone that there's a, a a decent number on on the handle there on the board but 
Farmer was in the same boat. I mean, they, they were are. buying high-priced 28 and inputs. Yep. And they didn't know it was going to make $7. Right. Mm-hmm. Now it's not looking as hateful as it might have been four yeah. months ago. Looking right. back, a lot of them probably wish they had bought double the fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they talked about it all summer. This dang fertilizer. Well, today they're like, man, that was some cheap stuff yeah. I bought. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, and I'm sure fuel is going to influence, uh, you know, in oh, the man. short term. But there's, there's so much unknown for us in the farm industry and always has been but you just got to look at it as what you know from past experience and plan on that going forward and if you have a hiccup year or two you adjust as we go right the sad part is is we can never adjust for a peak yeah and a big a peak is what we've had in the last year and a half mm-hmm. right I mean, if, if you and me and everybody else at the table knew corn was going to be $7, we would have been in this boat a year ago because right. we would have bombarded the, oh, yeah. the manufacturers so bad that we'd already be in. The situation we've seen in the last three months would have been a year ago. Right. Yeah. So. Um, now, how long do you say you've been at FDS? I have been 21 years. 21 years. years. Yep. So that's a long time. Um, what... What is it that about your job at FDS that, that keeps Woody coming back and, and having a heck of a time and enjoying what he does? Is it, you know, what? So it, on the uh, management side, the uh, corporate and family-owned atmosphere of FDS, my bosses all let me run uh, the facility like, it's mine. Yeah. Uh, sure, everybody's got rules and, and, and things in place to double check you, but being able to come in and run a business uh, that's successful and the backing and uh, knowledge makes it easier to manage. Yeah. Uh, I, every manager has the struggles of personnel and, and scheduling and, and all that. And really, the other thing that keeps you coming back, or at least keeps me coming back, is that. I enjoy talking to the farmers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the farmers are the uh, most loyal and trustworthy people that you can do business with. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a farmer's more scared about what's going to happen to them if they do something wrong. Right. Uh, and that makes it a great relationship. So I mean, there's always bad apples in all of those, but for the most part, a farmer comes in the door with a need and has the respect. Uh, because of what your company is and what you're doing for them, and that makes it a lot easier. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked retail before in the grocery business. That I can tell you that I walked away from the family grocery business because I didn't know if I wanted to deal with those type of customers. Not mm-hmm. that they're bad, they're just different. Oh yeah, yeah. It, and we we talk about it a lot. You know, you treat the guy right, you answer your phone, supply them with the service that they're looking for, man, they're you're going to have them for life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honesty to the farmer, even if it's something they don't want to hear, right? they can take it. Uh, the normal out-and-about retail, you couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. No. I mean, I've had a lot of discussions in the last three months with farmers, and they say, is it really that bad? And I said, I don't want to get on the political side. I don't want to get on any of that. But I can tell you that, yes, it's almost like we lived in a cave for a year, and, you know, you tell somebody that, some would take offense to it, but the farmer understands that, hey, you know, I believe if he's telling me there's a problem, there's a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
that relationship, those customers, I mean, my kids uh, have been uh, noticing as they get older, we go out and about and this weekend we'll be over in Eastern Ohio and people will know me. Yeah. And my kids are like, how do people know you in Eastern <laughs> Ohio? So, well, when you run a business like we do and you take care of farmers, farmers are going to remember you mm-hmm. because you did something for them. Those yeah. are the type of people yeah. that you want to be uh, customers and friends. And yeah. I would say that's the other thing. A lot of the customers here are friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, get to invited to a lot of different things that if you work retail, normal retail, they wouldn't care. They could, yeah. Our, our customers care. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that's what makes it easier getting up and, and coming in and doing the grind. The other mm-hmm. part is, is we do the grind for four months and then we get a little bit of reprieve. Yeah. If we had to do this 12 months out of the year, I would be bald. <laughs> Not just any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it would make it a lot harder to be doing it for uh, the rest of my career. Right. Right. Well, good. Good to hear. Um, I don't. I don't know if I've got much else. Um, is there anything you wanted to cover that we didn't? No. I just know that uh, if you're out listening to this and you're thinking about projects, move on it because. Right. Everybody's out there ready to help you, and the last thing we want is the guys to wait to the last minute and struggle through a season because this one is going to be in the book, so be in a different one. Yeah. It truly is. Right. And there's going to be struggles. There's going to be struggles on a lot of different cases, but if we get out in front of it here in March uh, with ideas and solutions we can make April 15th or April 20th look a whole lot more manageable than waiting until the end of the month and not having an option. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think we're going to get to that point. Not to be the, the negative Nelly. I just, if we're seeing it last three months, this last push is going to be a, yeah. a big one. It's going to yeah. be tough. I, I look for our last quarter to be light. Yeah. Because I think this quarter here for us is going to be the big push. Yeah. Probably bigger than we're used to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, this this episode is going to air next Friday, a uh, week from today. And you know, if anyone's out there listening and and you're in need of tanks or pumps or anything, and I don't care if you're in Nebraska or Florida, uh, reach out. Google FDS. You know, they can help you out. Of course, Fennig Equipment stocks a lot of stuff too. Uh, we can help with rate controllers whatever it is, whether you bought it from us or not. I've got several YouTube videos on how to set up a Raven 450. Um, you know, there, there's help out there. You're not alone. You just need to find the right number. Absolutely. And in my opinion, uh, you know, look up FDS, look up Fennig Equipment, and together, whoever it is, we can get you squared away. Absolutely. So that's all I've got for today. If you guys have never been to the new FDS facility, I highly urge you uh, to make a trip over here. It's just off of, se- of 75, um, kind of where 274 and 75 comes together. And, and if you're traveling 33 up from Columbus, you're not far from, from that either. So centrally located. Yeah. But that's all I've got for today. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Woody. I appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right. Yep. Well, that's all for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. See you guys.